Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing Him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I declare to you again that that's your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. That which was confusing to you, it will become clear today in Jesus' name. Amen. Direction that wasn't clear to you before, the Lord will make it clear to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You wanted to make a decision, something is confusing. As the word is coming forth this evening, it will come clearly to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. It will give you the right direction. It will help you make the right choice. Amen. Somebody may have given you a business proposal and you have prayed. You don't even know whether it will accept or not accept. Today, it will be clear in Jesus' name. Amen. Whether a word of knowledge comes forth or not, just by paying attention to the word of God, clarity will come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Holy Spirit will make that decision that you need to make clear to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will do something and you will know it is the will of God. Amen. You will not doubt it. Amen. A friend of mine, you know, that then he was about to go abroad. Of course, you know who I'm talking about. Those of you have told the story many times. He's a citizen, a British citizen and all of that. And his relatives abroad were trying to arrange for him to come over. And told to one of his friends, he said, listen, you know, I'm about to leave Nigeria and go abroad. That one said, oh, that's very good, though. Just make sure it's the will of God. He said, as soon as the words dropped from that guy's mouth, he knew it was not. He's not about whether, he said, the man just said it, and he just knew it was not. There's a way you just know this is not God. Yes, so that was it. He abandoned the project. That was more than 25 years ago. The will of God for your life will be clear to you in Jesus' name. Amen. They will say, okay, come and take this job. You just wait. Not you wake up. The fourth today's meeting is over. You will know whether you are supposed to say yes or say no. Amen. Say amen. Now. Amen. You know, it's not that the fact that a job has a better pay. It's not always proof that that's the will of God. A job can take you, can be a lower paying, lower paying job than where you are right now. And God will say that is the next phase of your life. Mm-hmm. Money does not dictate where you go or where you don't go. These are the things that God does for us believers to get, get us to the point where we make decisions not because of money. It's because of what is right to do and what is right in that season. Now I'm prophesying to you again today that as this word is coming for you this afternoon, this evening, that which is right for you to do, you will know it in Jesus' name. Yeah. Somebody's listening to me. One man has been harassing me for the last two months. Marry me now. Should you marry him or not? I don't know. One thing I'm sure is that before you go away today, you will know. Amen. <laughs> say amen now. Amen. I say you will know. Amen. You men that are saying amen, I wasn't talking to you. Okay, you are helping out. All right. That's, uh, okay, that's very good. The Lord will bless you for it. Amen. Uh-huh. So do you that they are to, I'm talking to, they are helped to say the amen. And that amen will come to pass in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The word will come to you this evening. It will drive away every affliction. Amen. One thing I keep saying is that there are sicknesses you have. You don't know they are there. This word will cure them. Amen. You will never find out. Amen. You won't even be able to testify because you don't even know it happened. 
<laughs> Are you getting my point? Yes, Listen, that is the word of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said to you before that, because of my natural training, I know these things. Say, you diagnose that somebody has cancer today. It's been growing for 10 years. Many of them. Been going there for a very, very long time. That's called death walking. When death is walking, it arranges all kinds of things. We'll, look, we'll find those things under the microscope. But let me say to you, life is walking. Amen. I want to say something that's very funny. Now, <laughs> stop going around poking around looking for what is not there. Some of you, every year you go for mammography. As if you're, uh, Angelina Julie is your sister. <laughs> Honestly, we're poking around looking for what is not there. Okay, you're not sure. Just, I'm giving you the word of God. Miss this year's own. Don't do this year. Leave him. You won't die. Cancer won't get you. I said, cancer will not get you. In the name of Jesus Christ. The money you will have used to pay for that mammography for this year. This year, take that money. Buy two or three books. And use it to pay for, go to one resort center. How much is mammography? I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know. Just pay for a room somewhere for, you know, those, uh, those Catholic quiet areas. They are no more than 7K a day, 5,000. That's probably cheaper than mammography. They just pay for two rooms, buy small snacks, tell everybody at home, bye-bye. I'm going for a retreat. Take two books on healing. Stay there for two days and mammograph your life. Are you getting my point? <laughs> Radiate yourself with the word of God. You know, when you take a holiday like that, you will not forget. Yeah. You will know why am I here? I came here to study the word. Thank God for this device they call mobile phone. It's one of the most powerful things the Lord gave us in modern times. These days, memory card is cheap. 8 gig memory card is not a big deal. It's just loaded with like um, 20 hours of correct word. Get there, just do one hour in the morning. That's before you, one hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon, one hour at night. In between, declare the word of God and be speaking to your system. She's mammography you want to do. Start with the breast now. And speak the word of life to it. And I'm telling you, the things that doctors are going to poke around looking for, they will dissolve that wicked in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the way it works. People don't put attention in the word of God. That's the problem. They spend good money and spend one week waiting for the radio, radiologist to decide whether what he's seeing makes sense. And our statistics have shown in medical practice that many of the times they don't agree. You go to radiologist number one, he said this should be investigated. Number two, say no, don't worry, go home. Number three says something between number one and number two. Now, this is the interesting part. All that period, you're not sleeping. No? Yeah. Oh, you thought you were sleeping. You're not sleeping. You go begin pray the kind of prayer where people will bungee the chase self. They don't pray past that one. You start praying all kinds of prayers. What am I saying? That effort is what I'm saying. That effort, use it to carry God's word and fill your life with it. Just one weekend. Three days. You won't have spent more money than you want you'll have spent there. She we did last year. It's just this year I'm asking for. Just this year, go and relax and treat yourself with the word of God. The things that people are trying to catch early, kill it early. Why do you want to catch it early? Why don't you just kill it early? That's what I'm teaching. Kill it early. I, I, I always quote Kenneth Hagin and Lillian B. Humans. They said, the problem is that people don't pay attention. They said, if people will give me, each one of them said it at different times. 
if people will give me the same attention that they give to the doctor, I will get them cured 100% of the times, and I will not charge a penny. He said, but the that they don't, if the doctor says, come tomorrow for your result, they are back. Wait outside for one hour, they will wait. Take this tablet three times a day for six weeks, they will take it. They will set alarm. Husband will remi- remind wife. The wife will remind the husband. <laughs> they will do it consistently. So Kenneth Hagin and Lillian B. Yeoman said, why don't you do that for me? If I tell you show up at a spreading school, be there. Twice a day, we'll teach the word of God in the morning, we'll pray in the evening. We'll teach the word in the morning, we'll pray in the evening, but it's going to be for five weeks. He said, just do it. He said, 100% of the times, I don't care what is ailing you, you will get well. But you know, as far as we're concerned, God must do it now, now, now. If he doesn't do it now, 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 he's not God. Are you getting my point? That's the prescription I'm giving you today. That, it was for poverty too. It was for struggling. People that have not been able to make money, they are going back to school to go and get your masters. They become master at joblessness. Yeah, you think masters will guarantee you anything? I didn't take a weekend to and go and meditate. The word of God works. I hope you're getting my point here. Let me pray for you again today. The word will enter you this evening. Amen. It will give you light. It will give you direction. Amen. It will bring you healing in every area. Amen. It will bring you doors, open doors in the name of Jesus. Amen. All the symptoms of so-called curses people were talking about, they are wiped away now in Jesus' name. Amen. Learn to rejoice because you are free. Amen. You are free in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that freedom will manifest. Amen. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Last time we began to talk about effective praying. And I want to just continue from that today. My um, two portions of the, uh, well, two verses we used. One from the book of Luke chapter 18. We used that last time. And then also from the book of um, Romans chapter 12. Both of them, well, I've just referred to them again today. Well, don't bother opening to it. From the book of Luke chapter 18, he said, Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart or get tired. And from Romans chapter 12, Paul said that as believers, amongst the things that we should be known for is our devotion to prayer. And last time we began to look at it again. What does it mean to be devoted to prayer? We said that there's what the Bible, what the Lord Jesus called vain repetitions. And I spent a few minutes talking about vain repetitions. Uh, what's vain repetition? To bring in the same matter of need to the Lord again in prayer. To say the same thing again and again, like Paul said, like the Lord Jesus said, that they think that by many words they will be heard. You understand? So they keep on bringing it to God again and again. That's vain repetition. He said, but if you are not going to re- repeat vainly, how are you going to repeat at all? I said, there are things that are not vain repetitions. For example, if I take the word of God and I put it on my lips, it is not vain repetition. We look at an example then from Psalm 136 that David kept on saying, you know, uh, that is to him, you know, he said to the God, we were talking about praising the Lord and giving thanks to him. You tell it to the God of gods, to the Lord of lords, to him that draws guilt wonders. And each verse, about 26 verses there, he will tell you for his loving kindness endures forever or everlasting, you know. Stuff like that. I keep on telling you that. But these are not vain. But they are repetitions. What's the difference between a vain repetition and one that is not vain? Vain repetition is you're just focused on your needs. 
But repetition that's not vain is to continue altering the word of God. If you put the word of God on your lips all the time, even if it's a hundred thousand times a day, it is not vain. That's what you should be talking about. Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It should be rich. It should be rich. Fill your heart so much it becomes your conversation. One of the things I've talked about in our school of prayer again and again is for us to realize that prayer is not something you do only in the time of prayer. Now, the other day I walked into the house and I just asked my son who's writing SSC, as I was examined today, he said it was okay, but what is the but in it? He said the, um, the, um, he said the SEO is the hardest he has ever seen, <laughs> but that the MCQ was, was easy. And he talked and talked. He said practical was like this. At the end of the day, I didn't know my wife was listening. I just said, so he said, I, well, I believe I will do well. I just said to him, they told me about a number of challenges. I just said to him in passing, I said, the Lord will show you favor. I just said to him like that. I entered my bedroom. I didn't know my wife was there listening all the while to our conversation from the sitting room. That she was in the bedroom. She just turned to me. I said, I like that. I like the way. So I was like, like what? So he reminded me of something. I said, what is it? The way you answered him just now, that the Lord will show you favor. You know, it didn't, it didn't even strike me that I prayed. <laughs> it was when I entered the room and my wife pointed it out. I said, oh, okay, it's true. That was prayer. <laughs> and that's one thing believers must realize. Prayer is something you do constantly. Prayer is the way you react to a situation. I could have sat down and said, what's wrong with your school? Why did they not make sure that that did not happen? Why did this one happen? Why did this one now happen? You know, just start getting angry. Start getting worked up. As you are getting tense, your faith is getting lower. As you are becoming anxious, your faith is weakening. And don't forget, God requires that faith to do anything. God requires that faith. I just said to him, the Lord will show you favor. And I didn't even realize I was praying. It was because my wife pointed it out when I stepped into the bedroom. She was listening to us. I said, oh, that's true. That was a prayer. Why didn't I realize it was a prayer? The Lord had helped me in that area to make it a habit. If my children come to me, I'm not feeling well. I have a headache. My body, of course, children, don't, you know, children, when they are small, they don't say they have a headache. What do they say? Hmm? My head is paining me. You got this. <laughs> That's what they always say. It's as you get older, you learn the bad language. You understand my point? <laughs> oh, headache. Children, I'm just like you, my head is paining me. So it's you that are not entitled. That's what we call a headache, you know? When they come to me, my head is aching. The first thing I tell them is that you will get well. It is well. Before we start checking, is it malaria? Is it this one? Is it that one? Is it that one? Is it this one? And believe me, it can be anything, naturally speaking. But before you start checking what it could be, give it a conclusion. Tell it where it will go. No one will eat of your fruit again. Start with that one. That's what Jesus did when he saw that tree that was misbehaving. Say to that headache, no one will eat of your fruit again. Let's make these things a habit. That's what we have been teaching. You know, remember we keep on saying this here, that our school of prayer is not about praying primarily, but about learning to make praying a habit. When they tell you that, you know, the currency got devalued, something became more expensive, this one's this, respond with prayer. APC is not the government of your life. They are the government of the country. Are you getting my point here? They are not the government of your life. Your prosperity does not depend on them. So don't panic if they do something wrong. If they find $43 million in a, in a house, don't panic. Don't say, hey, this is how they have ruined this country. The $43 million is history. I hope you get my point. It was stolen when you don't even know. And you are still alive. Why are you now using it to you know, predict what your life will be tomorrow? People are very funny. 
Is it because you suffer a three million? Do you know where they, they will soon take you eighty million dollars? Just you watch it. Just by the way, all the money is coming back. Amen. Somebody say amen now. Amen. Ah, God is God works in different ways. And I feel like gisting small, just for two minutes. Please allow me now. You know when I gist that you also learn something. Yes. Even though me I enjoy it, but you also <laughs> You know many of the development you are seeing around in Enugu, in Abuja, Lagos, Niger- any part of Nigeria. You know how God engineered it? The Lord works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. He does that. One of the things the Lord does is to just simply make sure that nobody can thief money. They can't steal money and take it abroad. You know, God's miracles is in stages. Initially, all this $43 million you are seeing would have been in Switzerland. Yes. Would have been in France. United States. Somewhere in Europe, you know, hiding. But years ago, God said, no, not anymore. So now, nobody wants trouble. They don't want to go to prison. So when they steal their money, they put it in the bank. They want the God said, all right, you know what you guys are going to do? They said, what? BVN. <laughs> And they took the BVN as everybody, BVN. And you know, since you are not a thief, you didn't know BVN was a, tro- was a problem. The day I found out BVN was trouble, I was surprised. Ah, what is it? It's not just to go show your finger, they give you a number, link it to all your accounts. Ah, hey, your wife was on that time that it's because you don't steal. If you are a thief, you will know that thing is a problem. <laughs> the money hang everywhere. After a while, guys say, man, this BVN thing, it has spoiled the state in that direction. What do we do? The gutter. They began to dig gutter, hiding money, hiding money. According to Olai Muhammad, some of the money is in graveyard. <laughs> you carry casket, everybody go there, you put it in the grave, cover it. But the guy who dug the grave knows. So he has to say, if you know, call us. So how much? Say 5%. It's called whistleblowing. And I heard that the Association of NFF, you know, referees, they are going on strike. Why? All the years they've been blowing whistles. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> they want their portion of the money. <laughs> you know, one of my friends said that there's a whistleblowing thing. No, I think Yenkada said it. That international community is respecting the thing. That this is innovative. They will soon start copying it. So Nigeria is collecting money back by parting with 5%. Man, that guy say, oh boy, I was there when Oga said, let's hide this thing. <laughs> what did Oga give all of us? 10,000. I know that money is like $15 million. <laughs> blow whistle, collect your portion. Boys, they hammer now, seriously. The Lord is good. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, it sounds like a joke, but you know these are the ways that which God is helping. We can keep complaining, but God is help, helping. Somebody said, how ah, come there are so many hotels in the Nungu? I said, oh God, come sit down. Don't bother complaining. He said, why don't you build industry? I said, you need to have experience to build industry. Enough it if money build industry. When you steal money, you build house. God works in mysterious ways. Mysterious ways. That's how he works. He's wonders to perform. So don't worry. Your blessing is coming. Amen. So what was I saying? That so we are making prayer a habit. That's what we've been talking about here. And last time we said that, okay, how do you make prayer a habit if you cannot um, do um, repetition that's vain? And we said that we'll take the word of God upon our lips and we'll make it a habit. Last time I said something about songs. That's why God gave us songs. We sing songs so that it makes it easy to repeat the word of God. And I emphasized sing only songs 
make it a habit to hear songs that edify you and that magnify the name of God and magnify his word. Don't focus on songs that don't do these things because the songs play themselves back again and again in your heart. So it's what you feed your ears with that will play themselves back. Now that's the thing about songs. Songs that don't edify, don't sing them. Even, they, they, even though they claim they are Christian songs. Don't, 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 don't focus on them, all right? Because songs is one thing that God gave to us. And we looked at that from that Colossians chapter 3. He said that let the, um, they let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and in spiritual songs. Songs that come out of your spirit. Okay? They are part of the ways by which you elevate the word of God. The book of Psalms is a prayer book. Alright? There are five books actually there actually. If you look at the book, they are in five portions. So Israel had it as their prayer book. It's a prayer book. And that's what I want to talk about briefly today. Not the Psalms alone, but just to see the example from there. It's like a prayer book. And what I want to teach us again, continue from that last time is that prayer is not about uttering our needs to God primarily. Prayer is about lifting up the name of the Lord over our lives, over every situation, and lifting up the word of God. That is, we put the name of God over our lives. We put the name of God over a situation, and then we lift up the staff of Moses. I'm using Moses as an example now. Over that situation, which for us is the word of God. We have this series we taught here, was it last year or the year before? On the rod of God. I think it was last year. So please everybody try and go and listen to the series. The rod of God. What we, t- we taught extensively there. That what is the rod? It's the word of God. How do you handle it? When Joshua was in front of the battle. Was in the battle. And Moses was on the mountain. Moses lifted up the rod constantly. And as long as his hands were up. With the staff of God in his hands. Joshua was prevailing. And once he dropped his hands. Amalek prevailed. So Moses had the duty to keep his Hands up. Whichever way he had to do it. To get help from her and from Aaron. He had to keep his hands up so that Joshua would be able to prevail. What is Joshua in your life is waking up early. What is Joshua in your life is about going about your business. What is Joshua in your life is showing up to preach the message if you are a preacher. What is Joshua in your life is loving your wife as a husband. What is the Joshua in your life is those physical things you do that people talk about as how they get results. You are a student. What is Joshua? You go to class to go and read. You go for lectures in the morning. Now listen to this. You will do those things. They must be done. The Bible says that except the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that do what? Build it. So for the house to be built, even though the Lord is building it, there must be laborers on site. Except the Lord watches a city, the watchmen are awake but in vain. So when the Lord is watching a city, the watchmen will still be awake. But if the Lord is not watching, their being awake is in vain. If the Lord is not building, if they are building, they are building in vain. So God was not saying people should not build. God was not saying people should not watch. He was just saying that certain things are first. So for Joshua to fight, that's what we are talking about. What is it, Joshua? Is that physical effort that is right and necessary that you are supposed to put in? So when they were going to fight Amalek, Joshua had to go to battle. Joshua did not go there playing. Joshua trained himself in how he would use his sword. Joshua had men fighting with him. He was their commander. Or are you getting my point? But, but his victory was not because of his skill. His victory was not because of the number of men that went with him. His victory was not determined by his skill in battle. His victory was determined by the position of Moses, with the hands of Moses on the mountain. So when Moses kept his hands up with the staff of God in his hands, Joshua prevailed. 
That is, if you, if you have the staff of God in your hand, the word of God in the right position, your reading as a student will produce. Are you getting my point? Your doing your business will produce. Your effort you put in getting up, getting, leaving the house, going about your business, it will produce. You're loving your wife, buying flowers. Uh, do Africans buy flowers? We buy flowers. Okay, buy, buy pla- plastic flowers, you know. <laughs> Let me just tell you the truth, eh? My brethren in Africa, don't bother with the flowers. <laughs> they are expensive. The women prefer some other things to flower. Instead of flower, stop, stop pretending. You are not on your book. Instead of flower, buy perfume. Instead of flower, buy ice cream. Are you getting what I'm saying? Instead of flower, buy blouse. <laughs> buy a hat. A correct gown. Solid gown. African babe prefers the gown. If the ladies agree with me, say me. You can disagree. Oh. Are they all of you are witnesses? My hands are clean. Is it me that said it? You heard the amen from all the way from Bukolo. I didn't say don't buy anything, no, because my wife is looking at me like, what do you mean by that? What I just mean is, it's not the flower. We have other things we can buy. Yes, buy a wristwatch. Ah, buy jewelry. Yes. Uh-huh. You heard that? You heard that? You heard that? All right. If you are cool, if flower now your business for Nigeria, forget that side. I go and sell something else. Nigeria won't want flower. We'll plant in front of our compound. That one is good enough. <laughs> so I'm happy we got, all of us agreed. Now, whatever you are buying, all right, it will not produce joy and gladness in your home if the hands of Moses are not in the proper place. That's what we're saying. So all these physical efforts, you are reading book, you are applying, you are practicing for the interview, those are the Joshua's in battle. They are necessary. You will not just walk over Amalek without fighting. You will fight. Do you understand my point? But then Joshua does not succeed in battle except Moses has his hands up in the proper place. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is for us to lift up the rod and keep it over a situation. And like we are saying that is why we can pray and not get tired. And what I want to teach you today from that, like I was saying, the book of Psalms is a book of prayer for Israel. And what that book does is that, just to give us an example, there are other, I mean, we can manufacture, in quotes, our own prayer from different portions of the Bible. I just want to emphasize that when you are studying your scriptures, we're talking about effective praying. It is not about the words you want to create by yourself. It's about just transferring that which has been spoken in the scriptures and putting it upon your lips and lifting it up. You understand? By, the, by putting it upon your lips, what they are doing, they are lifting it up and keeping it up. Important point. There is a word that he has spoken about every situation. There is no situation in this life that there is no word concerning. When you discover that word, let that word become your song. Let that word become your song. For example, you know, we've been talking about the free freedom that we have in Christ, the liberty, the, the redemption that we have in Christ. I heard you praying just now, all right? And you were leading the prayer about the fact that the blood of Jesus has been shed for us. The blood of Jesus has been shed. It has washed away our sins. It has broken every curse of our lives. That becomes your song. It becomes your song. And thank God for those who are skilled songwriters. If you find a song like that, that somebody has written, 
That is the kind of song you imbibe and turn it to prayer. And when I'm talking about prayer now, that's why you can pray in the morning, you can pray in the afternoon, you can pray at night. The word becomes the prayer. It is not the request that is the prayer now. It's the word that becomes the prayer. Do you follow my point? Now, what happens is that, you know, like we said, the Bible says that God, that the Lord Jesus, he sustains all things, how? By the word of his power. So it's not that he, every, he said, let there be light, and there was light, and that's the end of it. Life just remains. No. Light is sustained. Light is sustained. That word, let there be light, is, continues to reverberate. The word of God doesn't just terminate, it reverberates. That word keeps moving around. So when God said, let there be light, let there be light is still echoing from one end of the universe to the other. It's still echoing from one end of the universe to the other. And until God collects the word back, all right, because the word of God can return when the time comes, God will say, okay, tell that word to return. Then light will vanish. But once he said, let there be light, the word keeps on reverberating. And that's why there is still light. You are getting my point here. So you see, if you too want to succeed in life, we said last time, many people, that, you know, God told them, it is the Lord, he said, thou shall remember. That Deuteronomy chapter 8. He said, thou shall remember that it is the Lord thy God that is giving you the power to make wealth. If I, I think it's my Bible that uses the word that is giving you. Let me just quickly check it, whether it's, it's my version that says that. Deuteronomy chapter 8. King James used the word that giveth. I'm not very good at relating with that word, so let me use them. Um, okay, good. Uh, New American Standard, let me use the English that is modern there. Verse 18. It said, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth. Now, why I brought up the issue is that the continuous tense there, that he is giving the power. It's not as if he has given and you have it. He is what? Giving. You know, Jesus said that if you abide in me, that is when you bring forth much fruit. That is, it is not alive the way the person said it. That life is not in you. Life is in Christ. That when you abide in Christ, that life constantly flows. That life is in Christ. What are we saying here? In the same manner, when people sometimes, God has blessed them. We talked about that last time. They now forget when they forget, they don't continually infuse the power, the life-giving word of God into their success. So they now start, and this is, these are the risk of life. People now start trying to sustain that which they began in the spirit. They now want to sustain it in the flesh. And Paul warned against it. In that Galatians, when he went to the Galatians, he said, having begun in the spirit, do you now want to perfect it in the flesh? That is, if you began something in the spirit, you must be careful that you do not perfect in the flesh. What does it mean to begin the spirit? It is simple. You wanted to start, let's, you know, money business, always a good example. You wanted to start in your business. You did not know anybody. You didn't have their natural advantages. So what did you do? You went to pray. And you prayed and kept on uttering the word. And we said last time that when the word is working, it walks through a process that can be observed it walks through a process that can be described, and it walks through a process that appears reproducible. What I'm going to say is that when they, I mean, when you see when Israel first went to Ai at that time to fight, they went with the, when, when the curse wanted to walk in their lives because of Achan, they, they started making mistakes. What's the mistake they made? They went there and said, okay, we don't need to send many people, so they sent like 3,000 men, just go there, not too many people. It's a small place. That was the first error. Yeah. Now, that was the walking of the curse in the situation. 
Then they went in, they fought carelessly, and the men of Ai rose up against them, and their hearts became faint, and Ai struck down 30-something men, and the rest of Israel ran. And after Joshua identified there was a problem and selected where the problem was, and he wiped out the problem, when they were going back to battle, hmm, they went with 30,000 people. They went with a lot of soldiers. This time around, they had a strategy. Some of you will approach the city, then you will run. Then the men will come out, chase after you. Then when you, you have run very far, the guys who are hiding will invade the city with all the soldiers gone. Then they will burn down the city. Then, you know, they chucked, did all of those things, and it worked. Now, what, why did they fail? This is human-level human reasoning. Why did they fail? They failed because the first time they went with few men and they had no strategy. Why did they succeed? They now went the second time with more men and a better strategy. Listen, that is foolishness if you say that. The reason they failed the first time was that Achan sinned from Jericho. And I suspect that he was not the only one that sinned. I suspect that he was the one that incited everybody else to do the evil that he did. I believe that many people in that place took one thing and took the other. And some, you say, why didn't they, they've eaten many of those ones that they, <laughs> the, the, the whole camp was polluted. Now, that was, the, that was the origin of the trouble. Now, they solved it. One of the manifestations of the fact that it's been solved was that wisdom came to them. Was that how to solve the problem at that time came to them. But you see, with God, it is the same thing to save by a few as to save by a multitude. He could have saved with a few the first time. And when he was going to save later the whole of Israel from uh, Midian, he said so that they would not think that it is human strength. He had to whittle down the army of Gideon until there were just 300 men left. And after the 300 men don't carry weapons. He was just trying to make a point. What do you do? Carry torches, carry this, carry that. And I went to battle. And they just scared the other people. <laughs> and those ones, you think they saw Israelites. They were seeing angels. <laughs> angels were <laughs> When you see angels, you will run. Israel was just obeying instructions. So God could have saved by a few. In that situation, he saved by a multitude. But we know. It's not the multitude that was the, that was the solution. It was the repentance that they went through. So the victory was spiritual. What am I saying? So when the word of God starts working in your life, be careful. It will give you predictable, I mean, observable methods by which you will get healed. It might give you methods by which business will blossom. It can give you things which somebody will say, why did we not do this one three years ago? And somebody will come and tell you, and I told you then you did not listen to me. They won't know that it's because it was not your season yet. So you could not listen. The ability to listen is a gift of God. Oh, you don't know. It's a gift of God. That was why Absalom could not listen to Ahitophel. Even though Ahitophel gave him the victory assuring counsel. But David said no. God said no. Because of the spiritual operation, Absalom could not listen to Ahitophel. No matter how much he tried. The elders in Israel... They gave to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, the sound counsel that would have established him as a king in Israel. But he could not listen to them. Why? God's judgment was against his household. So what we must understand is spiritual things that work. So I was saying, for that reason, when we started by saying that God sustains all things by the word of his power. So victory now comes into our lives and it gives us observable methods by which we break through. 
it tells the student, it's because we're sleeping too much. Now you are going to wake up earlier and put in two hours early in the morning and then come back later in the evening and drop another two, three hours and all of that. And the person now says, yo, this is the... And then the results change. From being a D student, an E student, jumps to be an A and a B student. And then one day, God now starts making demands on that time. And I said, no, I always read from five to seven. So the fellow wakes up late, doesn't have time to pray, doesn't have time to maintain the word of God. Exam is coming. I don't have time for fellowship. I don't have time for this. But I must get my two hours every morning and my three hours every evening. Fine. There's something. The Lord can just leave that one. Finish the first level of exam. Next level, you want to use that same method. And it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. And that's because the fellow thought that that method that God gave is a secret to the success. But actually, it's just a manifestation. And remember... He sustains all things by the word of his power. It is the Lord that God that is what? Giving. So it's a constant thing. So if you break the connection, it takes time. It starts winding down and winding down and winding down. That's what happens. This thing slowly grinds to a halt. And that's why we believers must be careful. So what do we do with prayer? We make sure that constantly, prayer is the way by which we infuse that sustaining word into the situation. Without it, Joshua fails in battle. Don't ever put your hope on Joshua. Are you getting my point here? You understand Joshua in this context now? Yes. yes. All the Joshua's in your life, they are good, they are important, but your hope must not be in them. So if that person, that student has to choose between studying the word between five and seven, or pray, or reading, you take the book, you wait. Because I can read and I, can, I don't concentrate. I may concentrate and not imbibe. I may imbibe his stuff and forget soon after. The thing that holds all things together, the Bible says he sustains, it's the Bible says by him all things consist. He sustains all things by the word of his power. It's the word of God. Prayer is not about desire. Prayer is about lifting up the word of God over the situation constantly. Like I said earlier, we're using the book of Psalms as an example. There is nothing that has not been described in that book, in, in the Bible. There is nothing. The duty we have as believers is to isolate, identify the one that has to do with our condition, the matter at hand, things that we're trying to solve, and just constantly put that word out there and turn it into a song. Do you follow my point? Let me say this. Don't, like I quote, um, who am I quoting now? Which of these men? And the one I said that, stop talking to God about your problems. Start talking to, to the problems about God. Yeah, Corey Blake. He says, start talking to the problems about God. Start talking to the situations of the life about God. That is, start singing the song of healing, alright, upon your body, not describing the pain. Have you ever talked to sick people who describe their problems for you? The first time you can bear it, right? Second time, you are thinking like, I know. Third time, I don't want to hear it. I don't, have you experienced that? And if this person is on the bed, you stop visiting. Ah, no, I've had experience. If the person is ill, maybe he's, he's, he's hospitalized, the visits, will, the visits will end. And next time you want to go, you go with many people so that they can't talk to you. I think God feels like that too. If every time we'll come, let's describe the problems to him. He will delegate an angel to your problem. Say, so, Pastor Bank, does he do that? Go and ask Moses. <laughs> Tell Moses, I'm not going with you again. I will send one angel. <laughs> Moses said, no, 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 Baba God, don't do like this now. Ah, you won't leave your guys. You know, God got tired of them. So let me send an angel. Sometimes I think, <laughs> I think the Lord has to do that. Say, look, guys, 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 all right, let's send somebody. And I'm, I'm convinced that when we come to him all the time, 
describing all the troubles. After a while, when you start the prayer, look for one angel. Say, Mogadishu. That one say, yes, sir. Come and listen. I, I, did, I only know Gabriel and Michael. And which other angel do you know in the Bible that has a name? Is there another one? Okay, goodness, mercy. Yeah, Mass Moro said they are angels. But how many angels do you know that have names? What are the names you know? Do you know? Raphael. <laughs> okay, okay. Raphael makes sense. Is that not a Catholic angel? <laughs> I, I, I know one, Creone, but it's not in the Bible. Creone is, I, I met Creone the time I went to, um, <laughs> I went to Angels on Assignment. <laughs> You know the book, Angels on Assignment, Creone is inside there. That's where, I, that's where I learned the name from. Anyway, that's why I use the word Mogadishu, so f- forgive me. So I believe that, I, I suspect that sometimes God just tell one angel, hey, look, go and attend to that matter. When we come all the time describing problems for him. I don't think that's what he wants. But what does he want us to do? It gets to a point, you, you have an issue, you let your request be meaning not to God, and then you receive from him, all right, your song. You receive from him your sound. And that becomes the song that you sing all the time. Let's take this matter of um, money again. Practical example. Okay, I don't have money. I need money. Money seems like I need more of it. Things. Well, instead of every day say, God, oh, you will break through upon me. After all, Otedolai um, uh, uh, is not a spirit. He's a human being. <laughs> you get my point? Dangote is not a spirit. He's a human being. You have mentioned all those names. Uh, Lord, oh, you will not forget me. Believe me, you're, you're already forgotten. If you are praying like that, <laughs> you have been forgotten. If you don't want to be forgotten, forget the other people. All right? Don't compare yourself with human beings. When it comes to the matter of need, you just start from Psalm 23. Beautiful Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You will declare those, that Psalm again and again and again and again. You know my favorite um, verse now? The Lord makes prosperity flow towards me like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. That's a beautiful psalm. You know, I mean, you know, it's from Isaiah. I'm just calling it psalm now. You know, we have things like that uh, from the Second Corinthians. Many of them, Second Corinthians, the one that Jesus gave, did for us, Second Corinthians chapter eight, say, "I know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though He was rich, yet for my sake He became poor, so that I, through His poverty, might be made rich." God makes it, uh, it, it makes um, grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things, and I abound to every good work. He supplies seed to me, and He supplies bread for food. I have seed to sow. I have bread for food. That's it. You don't need to say, God, the money is 5,000 that I need. I give an example at that time. It might be 10,000. You think it is five. And sometimes you don't even need as much as you think. Sometimes you don't need money at all. What you need is wisdom. Are you getting my point? But you solve the problem of money by taking what God has said concerning money. Another thing you should do in the time of prayer, rehearse the testimonies that you have heard. Especially because the testimonies of the Bible, they are very credible. They are very credible. If you have credible testimonies you know, around today, use them also. Tell the story. Tell it to yourself. You and somebody wants to pray. I've noticed something when you want to pray. You know, it's good to ask my wife. My wife used to say that I pray very funny. When, she, when, when we first met that and, after, and after, when we first married, when you want to pray, what she expects is that as a man of God, we will sing a song. You understand? And you don't blame her. That's what everybody used to do. But after a while, she told me that you pray very funny. Because she can't tell when I'm praying and when I'm talking to her. I actually sometimes I'm praying, I was interrupt and I explain something. And we'll go back to declaring the word. Now you know what I'm saying this. I've noticed that it's a, it's a serious faith booster when you tell stories. You t- before you start praying, you tell stories. One of my tell stories, you want to pray about sickness. 
You tell a Bible story, and you tell a story of somebody the other day, like one of my sisters said the story by a woman that has stage 4 cancer. You understand? Cancer of the breast, stage 4. And people did not know. 